Hello and welcome to Autism Society of Berks County Inspiration and Impact. I'm your host Carol Spencer and today we're going to be talking about Halloween. And usually it's, it's a fun holiday because, well, you know, there's candy and that's, you know, who doesn't like candy? But for some of those with autism and their families, it can be really challenging. So our intention today is to provide some tips for your toolbox so that you can help your child become more engaged or more comfortable with that holiday. And we'll also have some suggestions for your, for your neighbors as well. And to do that, we're going to have some help from Paragon Behavioral Health Services. I want to welcome Kyle Scheidecker, who is a BCBA and the clinical supervisor there and Nicole Fambulous. Yes. I got it. All right. Who is the owner of Paragon, and she is also a BCBA. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. All right. So let's start with the basics. Can you talk about why Halloween could be overwhelming for somebody who has autism? Sure. Take it away. Okay. (laughs) Um, So definitely the costumes. Um, So sometimes costumes can be very restrictive, especially to children that are a little sensitive um, or have some sensory issues. So um, even sometimes seeing the other costumes, which can be scary at times. Um, There's a lot of new sights and sounds. um, Just you know, a lot of stimuli in the environment. Um, another thing to think about, there's a lot of social demands that are going on. Um, and that's so challenging. Yes. I mean, it's like the major challenge. For what, absolutely, you know. absolutely. So, you, I mean, when you think about it, you are asking a child to repeatedly go to house after house mm-hmm. after house and ask for a piece of candy. Um, when in reality, sometimes these children have trouble even asking for something they want from a family member. Right. Um, so this is a very big demand for them. It is, it is. So, so you know, somebody might out there might have a young child who's on the spectrum, who's just starting with the whole trick-or-treat thing um, or maybe somebody who's older who hasn't quite been quite ready until now um, what kind of strategies would you suggest to help them be more comfortable with the process any ideas oh god we're pointing at Kyle Kyle go yeah um, so (laughs) the main thing for uh, developing these skills is just practice yeah Uh, go see if you can talk to some of your neighbors and even you know during the day just bring them over and after school or whatever and just you know knock on the door trick-or-treat yep and see if you can do candy or even do it if, uh, at your own house just have them you know have mom or dad take the kid and dad answer the door and just practice and practice these skills uh, sometimes the uh, they struggle with the actual speaking of mm-hmm. it so figuring out another way to do that um, right whether it's an augmented communication device or you know sign language or yeah. something like that or even just... a little sign that says trick yeah. or treat yeah and thank you i think mm-hmm. we might have done that one year okay yeah <laughs> you know? and yeah i think i totally agree with the whole practice practice because what else can you do i mean mm-hmm. kids on the spectrum they need that repeated practice and i know when my son was about four that's exactly what we did we i we might have done a social story we rang our own doorbell we did the bag thing he got the candy and that then he just took off from there. <laughs> you yeah, know, he just took off from there. So practice is basically basically key. Do you, would you say like maybe even prearranging with some neighbors that okay, these are the houses we're going to go to. So you don't have to tackle the whole neighborhood or if you if you're close with certain neighbors yeah. like that, of course. Um, I know it's tough to make friends with the neighborhood. Sure, you know, it's a, a lot of places. Age, yeah. yeah, a lot of places are you know 
quite large and if mm-hmm. but if you have certain friends around the neighborhood of course yeah, yeah. If you can uh, just oh we're gonna hit five houses today you know yeah they a lot of times the Halloween's supposed to be for the kids right you know and um if the kid if that's what he can do is he can do five houses then don't don't uh don't force him to do right 30 right that, that can be a long night and that might be something uh like a goal too we're only going to do five mm-hmm. five four three two one and then we're done yeah all right uh, setting that hard limit helps a lot of times with uh, kids on the spectrum exactly okay great i want to go back to um the costumes mm-hmm. so you know depending on what a child likes you know you said there's a lot going on with costumes sometimes there's makeup there's masks there's the fabrics um, with kids not being able to handle that that feel of certain things. So what could you recommend doing with costumes if there are sensory issues? Absolutely. Okay. So um, when, you know, when you and I grow up, we've kind of learned to adapt. We've learned that we have to wear different things for mm-hmm. different occasions. And over time, we've desensitized to that. And you know, they no longer feel too awful, mm-hmm. we're, we're able to accept that. But for children with autism, sometimes it's a big deal, especially mm-hmm. if, you know, when you're wearing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. So it might be a good idea to, you know, do a little bit of a sensory inventory, have an idea of certain things that your child might l- not enjoy, like face painting, right. or, mm-hmm. you know, if they are not a fan of certain fields you know if they don't like feathers you might not want to dress them up like big bird for halloween or like the he- i'm thinking the headbands how absolutely. that feels on the top of the head that might be something so. absolutely um some other things um i actually saw on pinterest the other mm-hmm. day um some mom made something where her she made it out of familiar clothing her own halloween oh, that's a costume great idea. Um, just yeah. things that you can do to make your child feel more comfortable yeah i know with with mine when he was little um everything we did was always poncho like so anything that he liked so one year he was the ipod but it was all soft material uh you know another year he was the ocean out of felt <laughs> you know so anything that was it was just kind of easy he could move around and he wasn't really restricted with that so mm-hmm. i like i like that idea of, of familiar clothing that's a that's a good one yeah. all right great um all right so sometimes the whole trick-or-treating thing, it, it's, it's just not going to happen. And that happens with typical kids. I mean, it just happens all the time. So if a child doesn't want to participate, what alternative activities could you uh, have parents do with their kids just to make them part of the holiday and, and learn more about it? We're well, looking at Kyle again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was collecting my thoughts. That's all right. Uh, so... What what you could do is you know read Halloween books. They've got all those movies uh, and stuff on ABC Family. I guess it's free form now. Yes, yes. Um, and mm-hmm. they're doing like a thirty one days of Halloween. Yes. So it's Halloween movies nonstop. Yeah. You know. I think on most there, of them so. are Hocus Pocus too. Well, <laughs> Hocus Pocus or Adam's Family or you know Halloween <laughs> Town or something sure. like that uh, that they can really get into and uh, something like that. And like we mentioned earlier, I mean okay, maybe we don't go out on Halloween, maybe we mm-hmm. go out right after school, but if you can talk to a couple neighbors and just say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we want to do this where there's not the crowds, it's not kids running left and right, parents yelling at everybody, you know, calm. Yeah. It's, uh, like we were mentioning earlier, it's a big social demand it is. Uh, put on these mm-hmm. kids, and it's not, it's overwhelming for everybody, Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so if you can even just set something up ahead of time, uh, it may help and they make oh I really like that was fun yeah and can kind of bring them into into it that way sure it's kind of like adjusting um for the holiday to fit 
what he or she needs rather than the child having to fit in with what we're supposed to do yeah, and that's, for Halloween. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I think, the best way to, to, to put it. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we were talking earlier about neighbors, and, mm-hmm. you know, some might be unfamiliar. And, you know, for those of you out there, you, you may see a trick-or-treater who's quiet, but is really nonverbal or, you know, he's not going to say trick or treat or say thank you. They might be overzealous, you know, grabbing at the treat bowl, or they may look too old to be trick or treating. And I, I think my son's 17 now and at 15, I think he's all three of these, <laughs> you know, he would just dig for lollipops, open it and go and just like leave lollipop sticks scattered in his wake. But, um, you know, I, I, being a parent, I would say just, you know, take it easy. Just, you know, this this might happen. So would do you have any advice for all those neighbors out there um, about this so they're a little less likely and be quick to quick to judge? Anything you could just say, like, hey, just be aware if this happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, the parents are going to be there. So right. take some cues from the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a younger child and they you know, appear to have some, you know, less language, Mm -hmm. they may be working on that skill of saying trick or treat, um, and they may not have mastered it yet. So, you know, maybe get down on their level and model, you know, trick or treat. Mm -hmm. And if they say it, that's great. Um, If they're not able to say it, give it a few seconds, but, you know, don't push the issue. Yeah. Um, You know, we want we want this to be a fun and exciting time. We don't want to cause meltdowns. Right, right. On Halloween. Yeah, I think it's true. Like, hopefully people can pick up on those parental cues like there's something going on here especially if the kid is like you know 510 <laughs> still wants to go trick-or-treating right anything else to add to that or is that you think pretty much the social cues I think oh, the social yeah. cues are big but um as far as everything I mean this is for the kids yeah if if they take too much candy yeah the, you'll live yeah the, <laughs> it, it's gonna be okay if, yeah. if they are rooting around for their favorite one Okay, yeah. you know, yeah. just it, it's for the kids. Don't right. don't take things seriously. Yeah. And just have a good time and just just relax. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Our time is up. <laughs> Actually, wow. so I want to thank you so much for being here. I think this is going to help a lot of people. Just you know, even if they already kind of knew it, just to say, okay, I'm right, and you can take those strategies and hopefully have a very happy Halloween. So thank you again for being here. Thanks for having us. And uh, for everybody out there, until next time, this is Autism Society of Berks County, inspiration and impact. For more information, visit us at AutismSocietyOfBerksCounty.org, join our Facebook page, Autism Society of Berks County Members Group, and check us out on Twitter, at Berks Autism.